This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, May 10th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. One of the big concerns that drives opposition to broad-based legal immigration is the potential for those immigrants to make use of American welfare programs. Alex Naraste is author of the new Cato Policy Brief, Immigration and the Welfare State. I think it was Milton Friedman who said something to the effect of that uh, a generous welfare state is incompatible with open immigration and uh, Republicans more recently have gone further to say that, well, we just shouldn't have open immigration, or <laughs> some of them. So to, to what, what do we know about the degree to which uh, people who are first-generation immigrants to the United States collect in some sort of government largesse? So first, the laws heavily restrict their ability to use welfare programs in the United States. And by welfare programs, I mean... Uh, the two major variety. Well, first is sort of means-tested welfare uh, programs, which are for the poor, intended for uh, people who are impoverished in the United States and to help them get out of that poverty. The second are the entitlement programs of uh, Medicare and Social Security that are for elderly Americans who have made a certain amount of payments into those programs over the course of their working lives. So when we take a look Using the current population survey of the U.S. Census, their data on the per capita welfare costs by program, just comparing straight up all natives to all immigrants, we find that immigrants consume 39% fewer welfare benefits per capita than do native-born Americans. Now, that's a little misleading in some ways because immigrants are more likely to be poor than native-born Americans and are more likely to be a little bit younger. So the second part of our paper that we do is compare sort of poor Americans to poor immigrants and older Americans to older immigrants so that they would both be sort of broadly eligible for these programs under the way in which they're designed. And even by doing that, we find that immigrants consume 27 percent fewer welfare benefits per capita than do native-born Americans. All right. So uh, you mentioned that uh, immigrants tend to be lower income and tend to be younger, but being younger has to be, uh, in, in many ways, a benefit if you're uh, to the United States, if you're talking about people who are going to be absorbed into the workforce. Absolutely. Uh, being a younger immigrant, uh, especially above, you know, above the age of 18, uh, below retirement age, means that you enter the workforce, are more likely to enter the workforce, work for many years. Uh, and during that time period is when people do not consume nearly as many welfare benefits. I mean, most of our programs are sort of front-loaded. That is for people who are you know, younger, who are children uh, and young mothers, and are back-loaded. That is for the elderly after the age of 65. So coming in sort of in, the, in your 20s, uh, having a very high labor force participation rate, not consuming many benefits, paying taxes for many years, um, is a positive in terms of funding the welfare programs. One of the things that also makes this more positive for immigrants is that about 30% of them retire outside of the United States, which means that they cannot receive Medicare benefits uh, after retirement. They can consume Social Security if they're eligible, but not Medicare. You and I have talked about this a couple of times, and that is um, getting at the number, the the dollar value 
of contributions to these various programs, Medicare uh, and Social Security, from immigrants who, uh, by by virtue of the fact that they're they may be using fraudulent documents in order to work, uh, will never, literally, never collect that money. Yes, that's absolutely true. Um, and if you are paying, let's say you're an illegal immigrant right now, you've worked for ten years, you've paid your taxes using somebody else's social security number into the program. Let's say you're amnesty tomorrow and you get a green card and a legitimate social security number attached to your name, you have to start from square one. All of those taxes that you've paid uh, produced zero claim for you on the benefits under Social Security that you would otherwise collect. So basically, you have to start at square one and start paying taxes under your name, and then have to do that for 10 years in order to be eligible uh, for Social Security once you retire, which I think is fine. I think that's the way uh, it should be. I think it should be harder for everybody to get these benefits. Uh, but the barriers to receive them, if you're an immigrant or if you're an illegal immigrant, are either are much higher than for natives, and in many cases, probably insurmountable. Okay, so you look at several different programs, uh, the largest one of which is Social Security, and the second largest is Medicare. Is there a category of what's considered to be welfare assistance where immigrants are more likely than native-borns to collect? So when we take a look at all immigrants over, who are adults, who are 19 years and older, they are a little bit more likely to collect food stamps than native-born Americans, a little bit more likely to collect Medicaid than uh, native-born Americans. Uh, but the use rates for Social Security, Medicare, and for uh, SSI are so much higher for natives relative to immigrants that any effect from those basically swamp it. I mean, those three programs that I'm uh, those programs that I mentioned where immigrants do collect more um, uh, food stamps and uh, Medicaid are just very very small compared to the rest of the other programs. Like to give you an example uh, for Medicaid, the average immigrant consumes about six hundred and six dollars a year in benefits compared to five hundred and nine dollars for the average native-born American. Uh, for food stamps, it's ninety-seven dollars compared to $90 for immigrants versus natives. So these are pretty small differences. Meanwhile, for Medicare, just to give you an example, the average native consumes about $1,748 a year compared to $1,138 compared to, you know, for, for, for immigrants. So the differences in terms of the dollar value are just vastly different for these programs. And, it's, and Medicare and Social Security makeup just absolutely swamp all the other smaller programs. That's right. In 2016, about two-thirds of all welfare state spending in the United States, two-thirds of all outlays were for, for, for Medicare and Social Security. And for the individuals who receive Medicare and Social Security benefits, those are just far and away larger than the benefit levels uh, for any other program. Uh, for instance, Social Security uh, benefit levels for average for natives are uh, about seven times larger per on average than they are for Medicaid. So it's just a much larger program the retirement benefits are than uh, the means-tested welfare programs. Working people in the United States, it, it, it's weird to look at a snapshot of what, they're, of what they're doing and compare that snapshot with a different snapshot years later because we're talking about different groups of people in, in, in large part. What do we know about the, the trend 
of uh, immigrants with respect to working with collecting benefits over time, like within a cohort? Yeah. So what we know based on sort of these different CPS data snapshots over the years is that the labor force participation rate of immigrants has stayed about steady, pretty high, higher than that of native-born Americans. But welfare use rates have gone up a bit, especially for Medicaid. And the reason why that is is basically due to uh, the Medicaid CHIP Act in 2009 and to Obamacare. Uh, Both of those expanded the scope and scale of Medicaid, allowed states more leeway in offering Medicaid to some uh, legal immigrants in their state who uh, previously were not eligible for these programs. So as a result, you have seen Medicaid use rates go up for immigrants more than they've gone up for natives uh, during the same time period. Now, what's really maddening about this is that uh, immigrants um, before this has happened and after it has happened have superior health outcomes compared to native-born Americans on like every measure that you can imagine. Um, Medicaid, when they didn't have Medicaid access, uh, we saw better outcomes for them. Now that they have Medicaid access, they still have better outcomes than native-born Americans, and that gap hasn't really widened at all either. So although there's more opportunities for them to use Medicaid under some pretty silly laws passed during the Obama administration, we haven't seen any sort of change in healthcare outcomes. Okay, so uh, is part of the difference in healthcare outcomes between native-borns and immigrants the fact that immigrants tend to be younger? Uh, so even when we control for age, uh, there are still different healthcare outcomes. I think the real um, issue is that sick people generally don't immigrate. Uh, they have health problems. They're, it, it's, it's just bad. Like on top of everything else that you have to go through when immigrating, you know, assimilating to a new culture, finding a new job, finding an apartment, meeting new people, et cetera, being disconnected from your family and support networks. Um, being sick on top of that is just a barrier that most people don't make. So a lot of the people who are ill, who are especially chronically ill, they have asthma or diabetes or other sorts of illnesses uh, like that, are just not the ones who decide to immigrate. You've done studies like this before. Um, what makes this one any different? So before we've done studies where we compare immigrants and natives who are of the same poverty level, uh, so poor immigrants to poor natives, And the criticisms leveled by others is that while you're taking a subset of a subset, right, you're taking a subset of foreign-born people and comparing them to a subset of natives, where if we want to get a sense of like total immigrant welfare use and their impact on the system, we need to compare all to all. So that's what we did here. We compared all to all and we compared the subsets. So we gave all readers a, a, a choice of which one, which comparison they think is better. In both situations, immigrants do consume per capita much less welfare than native-born Americans. But what's interesting is when we do an all-to-all comparison, which is exactly what our opponents want us to do, we found that the welfare consumption is actually substantially lower than under the old way that we actually did it. So, um, you know, thanks to our critics, they helped improve, I think, our research. Problem with welfare in the United States is primarily a native-born one and one determined and set by Congress. It's not a problem that's imported. It's not a problem that's driven by immigrants, uh, but it is a problem that is driven by uh, politics in this country as well as by native-born consumption. Alex Narasta's new Cato Policy Brief is entitled Immigration and the Welfare State, available now at Cato.org. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.